This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. 13 Daggers Tattoo Studio is looking for a new tattoo artist. Must be established with a strong portfolio and good work ethic. Stop by today at 13 Daggers across from Patriot Park on Fort Campbell Boulevard. Clarksville's ultimate tattoo studio. Tattoos, touch-ups, and consultations. See the artist's work online at 13daggerstattoo.com and get the custom experience you want with Killer Ink. Book today and get pricked by a pro. 13 Daggers Tattoo Studio. Looking hard on the boulevard. Here at Tobacco Road Sports Radio, we ask the tough questions. Hey, you got any left-handed footballs? We're never afraid to tell you how we feel. Oh, we look like the damn bad news bears. We'll debate sports. We'll debate anything. Man, you lying. You ain't never met Martin Luther King. Not the win out of me. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, he did not. No matter what, Tobacco Road Sports Radio has you covered. I'm going to come right back at it. You're listening to Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Friendly Speaking Sports. I'm your host, Larry Frank, and we're coming to you from right outside the home of Fort Campbell Army, Army Post in Clarksville, Tennessee. We are in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, which is not too far up the road from Fort Campbell. And we want to thank everyone, everyone for tuning in tonight, including... Uh, you know, everyone from Sportswire Radio, Tobacco Road Sports Radio, Facebook, Roku TV. Folks, if you have not heard yesterday, the, oh, excuse me, if you have not heard yet, this show is now on Roku TV. That's right. All you got to do is go to your smart TV, go to Roku TV, download Northeast Streaming Sports. That's right, Northeast Streaming Sports. And you can go ahead and you can watch this show in the comfort of your own home, right on your sofa, right on your love seat, right on your recliner with a nice adult beverage, some popcorn, some snacks, or whatever you like. And you can watch us now on TV Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, and of course, 6 Pacific time. Ladies and gentlemen, another great, great show for you tonight. What an unbelievable path we are making towards the upcoming NFL draft this Thursday night. We started it off last night with Keith Engel from TGI Sports, and what a great, great show it was. Once again, if you, for some reason, missed that show, you can go back to any of our platforms and rewatch that show. But... You know, we talked about the NFL draft. Tonight, we're going to continue it. In about 25 minutes, we're going to have the owner of DraftDive.com, Jonah Anderson. That's right. Jonah Anderson's going to be joining us. We're going to talk about some of the top prospects from different positions in the NFL draft. We're going to also today go over, you know, one thing I noticed today when you're looking at these NFL mock drafts, 
None of them are the same. It's like doing an NCAA March Madness bracket and somebody's going to break the bracket sooner or later when they're drafted by somebody else. So no one's going to be right at least, you know, they may get the first or the second, maybe even the third and fourth picks right, but then they their guess is as good as yours as who people are going to pick. But we did a mock draft, and we're going to go over that in a little bit with you. want to remind all of you on all our different platforms, please interact with the show. Please go ahead. We have a comment section there. for That's for your experience. So you're allowed to leave comments, ask questions, or just notify us of certain things in the world of sports. You'd like to hear us talk about it. We'll go ahead and display it right on the screen here live on Frankly Speaking Sports. And we'll answer your question or get to your point and respond to it. So please don't be shy. You know, we want you to interact. The show is always better when you interact. Last night, there was a gentleman, and we didn't get to the question, and I apologized. Um, but before we get started, I want to make sure I go ahead and answer this question from last night. The question was, what was wrong with Kevin Durant? As you know, the uh, Brooklyn Nets, they got defeated by the Boston Celtics four games to nothing. And people are asking, what's wrong with Kevin Durant? You know, people don't realize what this guy's been through. And I'm not here to justify Kevin Durant, but he's been hurt. What, what was 19, 20 games? He was out. He was hurt. Um, his team was never cohesive to begin with because half of these guys didn't play. You had Irving, who was out you know, half the games because of the protocol with the COVID-19 uh, vaccination. And, you know, Kevin Durant is 33 years old. He had an unbelievable year last year. He came back this year, got hurt, and he just didn't play well. It's okay for people to have a bad season or not as good of a season as they have in the past. But I don't think there's anything wrong with Kevin Durant. He is getting older. His body is getting beat up a little bit. But at the end of the day, you know, he was hurt a lot this year. And I hate making excuses for players, and that's not what I'm doing here. But at the end of the day, the guy was hurt. He came back. He tried to lift this team more than anybody else did on this team. And it was they came up short, obviously so. And uh, they just didn't do well. And uh, obviously getting knocked out by Boston four games to nothing. But, you know, we're going to start off the show in a couple of minutes. We'll go over my mock draft here. But I want, excuse me, so something flew in here. Um, but I want to talk about something going on right now. And if you follow Major League Baseball, I like to follow it. I love to give updates. I love to let you know what's going on. But as I look... Um, at the Major League Baseball, why don't we go to the, you know what, I'm going to go to the standings before I do this. I want to start off, we'll talk about the NL team that I'm talking about in a minute. But when you look at these um, leagues already and divisions, the baseball season is under full swing. You look in the AL East, I told everybody, watch out for the Toronto Blue Jays. Everybody knew they had the ability with the offense. But I said they did a good job with their pitching staff getting this pitching 
uh, to what they needed, and now they are leading the league with an 11-6 and record. They're a half game over those Yankees who don't ask me how, but they keep finding a way to stay up there around the top of the American League East. When you go into the Central, it's not that good of a Central division. Minnesota is 8-8, eight and eight, and they're leading the division by one game over the uh, Cleveland Indians, two games over the uh, Chicago White Sox. But that's a division that's going to be tight all year long. And then you go to the West. How about those Seattle Mariners? They played their hearts out last year. They're 10-6, and six, and the Angels are right there a half game behind at 10-7. and seven. But the team I want to talk about is in the NL East, folks. And if you're a New York Mets fan, you know, Keith talked about it yesterday. He said the worst thing that he's seen happen during the offseason was the New York Mets signing Buck Showalter to a contract to manage their team and the Yankees keeping Aaron Boone. Now, I'm not going to sit here and talk about Aaron Boone tonight because that's not what we're emphasizing tonight on. But if you want to leave a message about it, please go ahead once again. For the fans that are on different networks, please leave comments. Please leave uh, questions, and we'll get to them as soon as we can um, on this show when time allows us to go ahead and answer those questions and notify, you know, to see some of those notifications of uh, things you want us to talk about. But the New York Mets, let's look at this team, guys. Buck Walter. You know, everybody knew Buck was a good manager. He was a good manager before, was a good manager with the Yankees, but he was with a terrible Baltimore Orioles team who didn't want to help him in any way, shape, or form win. He comes to the New York Mets where Stephen Cohen has taken over ownership, and boy, is this team flying. 13-5, and five, folks. Listen to this. 13-5 and five record. They've won their last seven out of ten ball games. They're leading the American, uh, excuse me, the National League East by four and a half games already. After 18 games, they got a four and a half game lead. And, you know, I know what Met fans are saying. This happened last year. Look what happened in the second half. There's a difference. You got Buck Showalter as the manager, and he will not allow that to happen. Believe me again. But when you look at the Mets, a lot of their statistics are just. Surprising as heck. They are third in the league in batting average right now with a 256 batting average. Second on base percentage, 340. They are first in runs scored with 86. They're eighth in home runs with 17. Tenth in slugging percentage. They are fourth in Major League Baseball, folks. Listen to that. Fourth in Major League Baseball with a pitching staff that is missing Jake DeGrom, a pitching staff that lost Noah Syndergaard, and they have a 2.74 ERA with the opposing team only hitting .194 off them. .194, that's second best in the league. Meanwhile, the walks plus hits per inning pitch is one one that's first in Major League Baseball. And you look at some of the players having outstanding seasons. Pete Alonso off to an incredible start. He's been 268. He has 19 hits, 16 RBIs, three home runs. 
striking out a little too much. 18 times uh, striking out and 71 at-bats is not what I call great, but he is hitting the ball. Meanwhile, how about Francisco Lindor? You know, comes over, playing with down with a manager who knows how to manage veterans. What is he doing? He's only batting 294. He has scored 12 runs. Uh, he has 12 RBIs on the season and leading the team with four home runs. Meanwhile, Mark Canha, who they picked up from Oakland, 317 with 13 hits, six RBIs. Jeff McNeil, they said New Yorkers were ready to get rid of him. What's he doing so far? 316 batting average, has a home run this year, has 18 hits on the season, has scored 10 runs. Sterling Marte's helping this team out as well. He has 13 RBIs. But the amazing part, we talk about pitching, folks. Unbelievable what this pitching is doing. You know, you look at Taylor McGill. Okay, he's three and is he three and oh? Yes, he is three and oh, 2.35 ERA. Meanwhile, you got Matt Scherzer, three wins with a 1.80 ERA. How about Carrasco? Carlos Carrasco, one and oh, with a 1.7 ERA. Chris Bassett, he's two and one with a 3.0 ERA. This staff is just flying on all cylinders, and the Mets are playing unbelievable so far this year. The season is really just started, folks. So I know it's hard to get overly excited, but you know what? 13 and 5 after 18 games. If you're a New York Mets fan, uh, you have to be really happy with what you're seeing with this team and how they are handling, especially the pitching staff, how they're handling this adversity and they're continuing to win ball games. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be back with our mock draft right after this. Did you know that tattooing dates back to the Stone Age? Did you know that tattoos were once a symbol of high society? Did you know that Theodore Roosevelt had a tattoo? Did you know that 13 Daggers has been serving the area for nearly a decade? Whether you want bright, vibrant colors or death built from black and gray, let 13 Daggers create a custom piece of art just for you. Schedule your appointment and come get pricked by the pros. 13 Daggers Tattoo Studio, across from Patriot Park on Fort Campbell Boulevard. Walk-ins, always welcome. 13 Daggers Tattoo Studio. Looking hard on the Boulevard. Tobacco Road Sports Radio is so excited to be your home for Triad Sports. I'm so excited! I'm so excited! We heard you loud and clear. Our mission is to give you what you want. You know what I want. I've been asking for it for years. Give it to me. Give me what I want. The best sports talk in live sports in the Triad, period. What's up, everybody? Live Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Score once again with Brett Wiseman. Hello and welcome back to the Pit Stop here on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Welcome back to Franchise Players, your home for Triad Sports coverage. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, here on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. And if you think that's great, wait until you see what's next. It's going to be good. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. Tune in at TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. And don't forget to download the new Roku channel, Tobacco Road Sports Radio.
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Frankly Speaking Sports. I'm your host, Larry Frank, and so very, very happy to have you with us this evening. Um, just an incredible night here. Uh, tomorrow night, a reminder, we continue. That's right, we are going to continue with our NFL Draft. The NFL Draft Eve is tomorrow night. Holy cow, the next day is the draft. And boy, are we going to celebrate it great with you tomorrow night. Zach McKinnell, host of the Blue Bloods, also co-host of Frankly Speaking Sports College Football Tuesday, will come on our show, talk to us about some of the prospects that will be available in this NFL draft and his opinion on who might be the better one suited at each position. Also tomorrow night, it's not just Zach, it's Jay Wilson, Director of Player Personnel at Beyond Sports Network. You know, he views and um, pretty much he has access. He um, goes ahead and analyzes films on seniors who have potential to go into the professional levels. He's an incredible, incredible guy. Um, knows his stuff inside out. So we have two of the best tomorrow night on with us to go over the NFL draft. And then let's not forget tonight, let's not jump too far ahead, Jonah Anderson, owner of DraftDive.com, does a lot of mock drafts as well. Um, we'll go ahead and be on with us in a little while to talk about the upcoming draft. But ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk about this draft. And as I mentioned when the show starts, great thing about this this. Uh, you know, when you do these mock drafts, it's kind of fun. Nobody's ever completely right. Mel Kuyper's not completely right. Deshae's not completely right. I mean, Der Jeremiah's not always right. That is the fun of doing these drafts. Like I said earlier, it's kind of like doing the brackets when March Madness comes in NCAA basketball. But we gave it a try as well. We're going to go ahead in a minute and look at, and what I did is I just based it on what I felt, you know, there are teams out there that need a lot. Jacksonville Jaguars are one of them. Houston Texans, another. I took what I thought was their biggest need, and I made a decision as if I was the GM of that team. And once again, it depends who's available. It, you know, we try and try and try to do drafts, not knowing who is going to be taken, and then once somebody is taken or is different than who we assume would be taken, it switches the entire ball game. You know, now you got people available that wouldn't have been available, and so on and so on. So it's really, really hard to do this, obviously, without knowing who's picking who once the first pick is done. Um, obviously, it's easier if they would just follow my format and pick who I tell them to, but that's not the way it's done, folks. So we went ahead. We did this model. I'm going to post it up in a minute. We're going to try a couple different things to see and make it more visual for you all, and we'll start that in a second here. But once again, I want to remind you, if you want to leave any comments or questions, please go to the comment section and... Uh, Go ahead and leave them now or throughout the show. We will try to get to your questions and your comments, and we will post them right here on the air on our screen 
for everybody to see and we can discuss it. So please interact. Don't be afraid to interact, folks. There's nothing wrong with interacting. It makes for a better show. I've always said this. This isn't my show. This is our show. So be part of the show and leave some comments. I appreciate everybody tuning in, but I would love it even better if you go ahead and leave some comments and interact with the show as well. We're going to post our mock draft. I'd love to know what you think, and I know people are going to disagree. That's what these things, this is why it's so great to do these things. Let me go ahead, try to bring this up right now, folks. We're trying something different tonight, so stay with me here. There is that, but I'm going to try to make it full screen. Ah, let me see if that came up and if people can hear me here. So we're going to try and see if this works right here for a minute. As I go ahead and see if everybody could see this. So it's a couple of minute delay on where we could see what you guys are seeing. So give me a second and I'll take a look here. All right, so that's what you guys are seeing. I see it now. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead, and if it's tough for you guys to see, I do apologize to you, but these are my picks right now, okay? When you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars at number one, Jacksonville's number one, I have them picking Aiden Hutchinson. Aiden Hutchinson, um, Michigan, probably the best edge rusher, Arguably one of the best Ed rushes currently um, in this draft. Then you look, and you look, Jacksonville has a lot of picks. But as we look out, you know, a lot of the teams want to know, who do you think a team like Detroit, are they going to go after a quarterback? Detroit has bigger needs right now than a quarterback. A quarterback, if they got the best quarterback, you could put Tom Brady right now in Detroit, and Detroit is still not going to win, folks. They will not win. Why? Because they don't have anything around him. They have nothing around him as I go ahead and um, make sure everybody can still see here. All righty. So I went ahead and said they need a safety. They need a guy that can be the quarterback of that defense, and I don't think anybody's going to do that better then Kyle Hamilton out of out of Notre Dame. And then you look, and we got lots of people that follow from New York. The Jets, I had the Jets going after Oregon edge rusher, Kayon Thibodeau, who I think is underrated and is probably questionably the best edge rusher in this entire draft. I got him going with the Jets, and we'll jump to the Jets in a minute. The Giants' first pick, both the Jets and Giants have two picks, I believe, in the top 10. Or, um, they do. And look at the Giants. They're going to get Evan Neal. They're going to solidify that line for uh, Daniel Jones or whoever the quarterback's going to end up being in the future. What a great, great pickup. Carolina fans, you don't need a receiver. You don't need a quarterback. What you need is Ike Ikwanu out of North Carolina State. And I believe that's who you're going to pick. And what a great, great pickup that would be for the Carolina Panthers at the sixth position. The second pick. So you got the Giants having the fifth pick. 
They go with Evan Neal. Let's go ahead and strengthen up the linebacker position. Why not get Utah's Devin Lloyd? Devin Lloyd will go to the Giants' seventh. Meanwhile, Falcon fans, what are you going to do over there? you got to play some defense if you're going to win. Ahmad Gardner. And then my first quarterback going in round one will be to the Seattle Seahawks, Malik Willis. they got to find a quarterback there. I think they got Drew Locke there right now and Geno Smith. Neither of them are future quarterbacks for that team. Pick up Malik Willis. Let him sit a little bit. Let him learn and watch him grow there in Seattle. Meanwhile, the Jets, they helped their defense. Now it's time to get that receiver they've been looking for. He'll be available for them at number 10, Chris Olive out of Ohio State. Very, very, very good. Um, so look for that. Um, and you look at Houston has a couple of picks. I talked about defense earlier, but I have them if you skip down to number 13, Charles Cross, the offensive tackle going to the Texans as well. Now, a couple of others of interest here. Um, we look at, uh, let's see. Look at the Georgia guys going. Starting with 17 uh, to San Diego. You got Devontae Wyatt helping that defense. Then the Eagles picking edge rusher Trevon Walker, who a lot of people may be surprised that if he'll be available. I know a lot of people have him going in the top five. I think, uh, you know, he may fall down a little bit because I honestly believe Detroit, which is in disarray, needs an actual safety right now more than they need an edge rusher. Meanwhile, the second quarterback will go number 20. And if you look at both of the ones, you look at Seattle, you look at Pittsburgh, both these teams are in dire need of a um, of a quarterback right now. I have Kenny Pickett going with the 20th pick to the Steelers. Another Georgia guy going to uh, New England, Nicobe Dean. Nicobe Dean reminds me of a player that Bill Belichick would love to have on his team. Bill Belichick, a defensive-minded coach, Nicobe Dean, unbelievable at linebacker. Meanwhile, will Aaron Rodgers get his receiver? Well, if George Pickens is available at number 22, as I expect, then they will. The receiver out of Georgia. Meanwhile, uh, we pop on down around a little bit. Uh, let's go ahead. Um, the Tennessee Titans at number 26. Stop crying about a receiver. Stop crying about a receiver. You have a run-centric type offense. What the heck do you need four, five, six, or 20 receivers for when you run the ball a high percentage of the time? You need to sign A.J. Brown, and with that, solidify your offensive line with Kenyon Green, the guard from Texas A&M. Meanwhile, the Buccaneers, they yes, they need a, maybe a defensive lineman. Yes, maybe they need an offensive lineman. But damn it, they need to stop people from throwing up and down the field against him, and they need to get a cornerback like the great kid from in-state Florida um, with, uh, I'm sorry, Khalil Elam. I almost couldn't pronounce his name there. But that is an unbelievable quarterback, a uh, cornerback out of 
Florida that could really, really help the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Meanwhile, Kansas City, two picks in a row, one at 29, one at 30. They're going to get a receiver, folks, and that's going to be, if they're smart, Traylon Burks out of Arkansas, unbelievable receiver who will really help that team a lot. Then they'll solidify their defense at cornerback with Jalen Petre out of Baylor. Meanwhile, we round up the draft. We round up the draft with the pick number 32. The Detroit Lions get another pick. They took the safety one time. Go ahead and get two of them, folks. Lewis Klein from Georgia. Another great, great safety. They can solidify that defense with two of the top safeties in the entire league. Or they can choose to get an edge rusher if they like them better. But I think getting two safeties, solidify them, show them that they're going to win with defense. They're going to win with defense, win with defense. So that is my draft picks so far in the upcoming draft. We are a couple minutes away from having Jonah Anderson on with us. I will check. I'll see if he's uh should be coming on any second, so we're glad about that. Let me go ahead, take the mock draft down here. But that is my mock draft, folks. And once again, I used it. I did it. I thought about it. And I know I'm not going to be right. We know we're not going to be right. It's the fun of doing it. Um, but the positions, I think, are the more important things. What position are we trying to go ahead and help out on each specific team? And that's what's important. Uh, but you fans, um, you know, both in Carolina and Tennessee, know we have a huge following on the show. You know, I tell you something. Offensive line is going to help you out the most. Tampa Bay, your cornerback right there. Elam out of uh, University of Florida, Florida Gator, could help you out a lot. Love to know your thoughts. Love to know your opinions. That's my mock draft. Whether you're listening live on the show or if you're watching it on a tape or if you're listening on Tobacco Road Sports Radio or you're listening on Sportswire Radio, go to our Frankly Speaking Sports group page on uh, on Facebook. Leave some comments or whatever platform you're watching the show on. If it's available to leave comments, go ahead and do so. Folks, we are a couple minutes away from having Jonah Anderson. Let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk more NFL draft right here on Frankly Speaking Sports. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Larry Frank from Frankly Speaking Sports coming to you live from Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Are you a professional tattoo artist? If you are, I have good news for you. 13 Daggers Tattoo located at the Fort Campbell Army Post in Clarksville, Tennessee, is now looking for professional tattoo artists. If you're a professional tattoo artist and you are looking for work, make sure to contact 13 Daggers Tattoo in Clarksville, Tennessee. We love sports. Joe Lewis, the greatest boxer ever lived. Not only do we love sports, 
but we love to debate sports. He was bad in cat clay. He bad in sugar rain. He bad in that. Who that's you? The new boy has Mike. Mike Tyson look like a bulldog. He bad in him too. He done whipped Mike Tyson there. He whipped all that. For the best sports analysis in the triad. What about Rocky Marciano? In-depth local coverage of your favorite schools and teams. Let me tell you something wonderful. Rocky Marciano was good. But compared to Joe Lewis, Rocky Marciano ain't and of course, the best sports debate in the triad. Big Joe Lewis is this. Welcome to Tobacco Road Sports Radio. Joe Lewis was 75 years old when he fought. You're welcome. I don't know how old he was to get it after. Ladies and gentlemen, we want to remind you that Frankly Speaking Sports continues to grow at unbelievable levels, and we want you to be part of our growth. For those of you that own businesses or have businesses that you'd like to go ahead and advertise, go ahead and advertise right here on Frankly Speaking Sports. We are on so many different platforms. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We're on Twitter. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Roku TV. We're on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. We're on SportswireRadio.com. We are all over the place, including different podcast platforms, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more. If you're interested in advertising, on the Frankly Speaking Sports television show, go ahead and leave us a message at FranklySpeakingSports at gmail.com. Once again, FranklySpeakingSports at gmail.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Frankly Speaking Sports. I'm your host, Larry Frank. So very happy to have you all with us today. We are gearing up. We are getting fired up. We are ready for Thursday's night NFL draft. Are you? Well, hopefully not yet, because tonight we have a special guest. Tomorrow night, a reminder, we will have with us two incredible guests, as we have one tonight, two tomorrow. Tomorrow night, Zach McKinnell, host of the Blue Buds, and co-host of College Football Tuesday right here on Frankly Speaking Sports will be joining us live, followed by the Director of Player Personnel at Beyond Sports Network, Jay Wilson. And then tonight, folks, we are really honored, thrilled, and so happy to have with us tonight um, the owner of, uh, as I try to bring him in right here, so stay with me here. There we go. The owner of DraftDive.com. Let's welcome in Jonah Anderson. Jonah, how you doing, buddy? Oh, doing good. How are you doing? Buddy, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing really good. Thanks so much for joining us. I know it's a busy week uh, for you leading up to the draft, but I do appreciate you taking time um, out of your busy schedule to talk the upcoming draft here on Frankly Speaking Sports. Yeah, happy to. Um, yeah, it is. It's definitely a crazy week for for all of us draft nerds. But you know, let me ask you this, Jonah. I was talking about it uh, a little bit earlier on the show. I guess the mock drafts is kind of like the brackets and March Madness. 
at NCAA basketball. You know you're not going to be 100% right. Nobody even is. Not the Mel Kuypers, not the Todd McShays, not the Jeremiahs, but it's the fun of doing it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. I mean, it's kind of crazy uh, the, when you think about the fact that there are people who, you know, it's literally their job to mock draft and I don't know, what are you going to get? Maybe eight to 10 picks, right? If you're really good. And that's with 365 days to prepare. So yeah, mock drafts are nuts. Uh, I am excited. I'll have my final one out tomorrow and then going to be uh, entering a contest kind of for writers. Uh, so hopefully it's accurate this year. Well, I'm sure it will be. Let me ask you this. When you look at this draft, oh, there he is. I thought we lost you for a minute. Nah. Jonah, when you look at this draft, who is the best all-around athlete? Forget about positions for a minute. But from an athletic standpoint, who is the best all-around athlete in this draft? So are you? do you want athlete or player? Oh, is that if that makes sense? Uh, yeah, because I think say like Ty Tyler Linderbaum, the center uh -huh. from Iowa, I believe is the best player in the draft. I uh, okay. now I could probably find, you know, people with better athletic, you know, athletic freaks that have put up better testing numbers. But so that's that's what I was wondering. Yeah, why is he the best? Why would you say that? Uh he just. I mean. His career at Iowa has been incredibly solid. Um, he tested well. Uh, it's just, it's a combination of, you know, definitely the good athleticism for a center. And uh, in his career, I would be shocked. I think the only thing that stops him from having, like, you know, an excellent career would be a major injury. I, yeah, I can't I see him being bad. I think his floor is very good. <laughs> so... Now, explain to our listeners who do not know what draft dive, first of all, I should have probably started with that. What is, I know what it is, but explain to them what draft dive is. Uh, so it's a website um, that I started a couple of years ago, and we do a lot of scouting reports, uh, try and, yeah, just basically break down film and identify who we think is going to be good in the draft. Uh, if we scout someone we don't think is going to be good, we'll report that as well. Uh, you know, mock drafts, a lot of scouting reports. Um, and then, you know, a little fantasy football too, just because got to have something to write about. <laughs> I understand that. Now, from, from what I hear, and Jonah, correct me if I'm wrong, I am pronouncing your name right, right? It is Jonah? Yep. Okay. Yep, that's correct. Sure. Um, I understand from different people that I have, and I deal with a lot of people, as you can imagine, that you guys are pretty darn accurate with your assessment on these drafts. We've done pretty well. Um, you know, I don't, it's hard to, uh, to toot your own horn a little bit, but I am proud of, proud of our <laughs> accuracy and what we've done. Um, you know, last year we had, uh, it was a lesser, lesser reports, but we identified a lot of sleepers. Uh, we had guys, they either went in the, um, 
day three or undrafted and the guys we had uh, featured 75% of them ended up making the final roster. So for day three and undrafted picks, we were pretty happy with that. Now, let me ask you, the Jacksonville Jaguars, one of the team that probably needs, with maybe the exception of the Houston Texans, Detroit Lions, they're in that group that has a lot of needs. You're the Jacksonville Jaguars. I've heard, you know, some people saying Walker, some people saying Hutchinson. I even heard Thibodeau, however you pronounce his name, in that too. If you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, you got the number one pick, you have all those needs. Who do you pick first? I mean, mine's mine's an unpopular, and it won't be their pick, uh, to be clear. But I'd take Thibodeau, number one, if I were them. I almost put him number one because – and I'll tell you why I did that. I think he's the best all-around guy at that position. For some reason, I don't know why he's – once again, ratings, you can, you know, do like you said. It's not always the rating. There's something about the individual that they have inside them that comes out when they jump leagues, you know, or levels. And I like him a lot. I almost picked him number one, but he's up in my top three, actually, in picks, which is surprising to a lot of people because they have him a little bit lower. But what do you like better than with him than you would say with somebody that grades and looks at these things than you like in Walker or that you like in uh, uh, Hutchinson? So, I mean, all those guys are great, to be clear, you know. Uh, So it's not really putting them down uh, that I want to do. But uh, Tipto, I mean, he was – he had, you know, a huge year the year prior – and then uh, he had an all right year, a good year this year. He was a little banged up. I guess maybe it wasn't quite what people were under, uh, uh, expecting from him. Uh, he, you know, but it was because of some minor injuries, nothing to be concerned about. You know, he tested really well. Great athlete has the athleticism and size you want at the D in position. And I mean, I'm very confused by the reports that he doesn't, I don't know, the, that he doesn't want to play football or he's not committed yeah. to football because he plays unbelievably hard. Well, and you and know, you I don't know. know. You I don't, don't think it's that tough to see yeah. on the field that he plays like crazy. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't believe everything I hear. I've learned that over the years. But let me ask you, in your experience doing what you do, and I always wanted to ask this, you know, the people that grade, uh, you know, athletes at that college level to the pro. Is it possible, and I'm sure it is, and you'll understand the question, where you can have a college player that looks great in college and another player next to him that may not look as good, but you say to yourself, the other guy will still be a better pro in the NFL than the guy that's performing better? Yeah, yeah, you can definitely have that. Um a lot of times, uh, and it comes down to athleticism. Um, sure. I'm trying to think of, like, say, a great. I mean, this is going back a little ways. I'm trying to think of someone a little more recent. But I don't know. Let's say, like, Michael Sam. Uh, yeah. He was the Big 12 Defender of the Year. I mean, excellent college career. Um, 
but he was taken in the seventh round. And then I think next year, you know, Joey Bosa was the big 12 uh, right. defender of the year and he's taken early first. And a lot of it is, is athleticism, but there's a, there's definitely a balance that you need because uh, say for years, teams like the Raiders, pure athleticism, don't care. Don't care how he can play. He's an athlete. We're going to take him. And that didn't really work out so great for him. Uh, Oh, did we lose you there? We, oh, you got you me. Are. Okay, there you are. But yeah, there's okay, like a I base. See you driving, so I understand. <laughs> yeah, Brian. Just to be clear, no, uh, not breaking laws. Yeah, well, you're going in and out right now. Uh, a little bit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let but, me ask you this. Uh oh, we lost him there. Let's see if he comes back. Okay. Jonah, let me ask you this. The quarterback class, as you know, is now one of the most exciting than previous years. What is your assessment of this quarterback draft this year? And is there any quarterback here that you think has an opportunity to really make it big in the NFL? All right, you back there? Am I back? Yeah, I'll ask the question again. Uh, see if we can keep you on here, okay? Um, the quarterback class isn't very exciting this year. Is there anybody in this quarterback class that if you had an opportunity to pick that could be a franchise quarterback is available or is there none available in this draft? So, again, I'll, I'll go. I'm a little unpopular opinion, but, yeah, I think there's a few. Um so traditional, like the guys that are being talked about high, uh, you know, Malik Willis is a freak. Um, he's going to come in and it's either going to be, once he gets in the league, either him or Josh Allen has the strongest arm in the league. So he's got an absolute cannon, you know, freak athlete. He needs a little polish, but, uh, you know, a team that if they could take him and sit him for a year, even maybe two, even though that doesn't really happen anymore with high draft picks. But if he could just uh, absorb the NFL and get used to, you know, the NFL speed and uh, NFL defenses, I definitely think he's he's got incredibly high potential. I mean, he's got the potential to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, I really like uh, Matt Coral. Okay. Uh, I think Coral's a good mix of that. He's got the experience. He's also got a very good arm. I mean, really, he's a little short. He's six one. That's the negative, which I don't really care about because I mean, there have been plenty of six foot and six foot one quarterbacks who have shown that it can work pretty easily. So, but yeah, I think uh, Coral's good. And then my big, my insane take on the draft this year is that uh, Bailey Zappi out of Western Kentucky Western is the best Kentucky, quarterback yeah. in the draft. I like him. I, I was going to ask you about him, actually. It's funny you said that because I like him, too. I mean, I know he didn't play the, necessarily the competition, some of the other guys, but there's something about we were just talking earlier. You see a guy and you say, that guy has it. You don't know what it is. 
but you know it's there. And I agree with you on him. I don't think he's a number one pick, but I think he could be. Remember, Tom Brady was picked seventh round. Dak Prescott was picked fourth. There's going to be somebody that shows up. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's the thing. Zappy is probably a late, you know, late day two is probably as early as he's going to go. And I get that, but I still, I believe he ends up the best quarterback in this class. And I, I think I'm the only one maybe outside of Bailey Zappi and his immediate family that thinks that, but I'm all right with that. Hey, I like that. I really do. Seriously. Hey, talk about the receivers a little bit. We know about Olive, um, but two guys that seemed to fell down a little bit due to some injuries was Mechie and Williamson of Alabama. Where do you think – I mean, they both still have potential if they can come back from their injuries. Where do you think – like, what round do they fall in? Will they be second round, first round? I think uh, I think Williams uh, – Jamison Williams ends up in the first still. Uh, he is – Everyone says he's probably the fastest receiver in this class, and just that pure speed will get him taken. Um, if he lasts to the Patriots, I think he'd be a great fit there for Mac Jones. But uh, a lot of people are – I mean, I've seen him mocked earlier. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think Jamison Williams stays in the first round. And then, what, John Mechie, the third, yeah. is that the other guy? Ah. Uh, He's, I think he's day two pick, so he's either two or three. I, I would say, actually, if I had to guess around, probably third round. Still a lot of potential there. Uh, the class, you know, it's, uh, I guess, the popular opinion to say that this class is weak, but it's really deep, and it's really deep in a lot of positions, and receiver is one of those that there are yes. guys in – you know, there are guys in day three I'm very excited for. Well, you know, I'm a big fan, and I think, honestly, and I'd love to get your opinion on this, one of the best receivers that's going to come out of this draft is Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. What is your thoughts on him? Yeah, no, he's excellent. A good combination of size, speed, and athleticism, good hands. Um, I write about the Titans for for another website, Draft Tech, so shout out to Draft Tech. Thank you. Um, for letting me write, but if he, it might be a little unlikely or unrealistic, but I think if he fell to the Titans, that would be a perfect, perfect marriage there. But yeah, Traylon Burks is uh, excellent. Really, there's not a lot of, there's not a big gap between the first round receivers, in my opinion. Um there's the traditional thinking that say like Garrett Wilson and uh, Chris Olave or Olavi is going to probably be your higher ones, but How about Sky I don't, Moore? what's that? How about Sky Moore? Oh yeah. Sky Moore. So he's a, I would say second rounder. That's um, okay. Again, you know, he's one of those, it's a good athlete out of a small school. I love a small school guy. I'm from the University of Idaho, so I like the underdogs. But, uh, yeah, no, probably a second. And, again, the potential there is excellent. He's got, you know, number one receiver potential. It's just it's going to come down to who works out and who doesn't, which can be tougher to tell sometimes. But, right. you know, injuries can always derail a great 
player's career, and there's no way you can see those coming. Hey, you know, I'm right outside of Nashville. I'm at Fort Campbell right about about uh, 40 miles away, and we got a huge following of Tennessee Titan fans here. Um, you know, I hear people say receivers. I kind of disagree with those people, and I'll tell you why, and I'll explain why. They're a run-centric team. They got Derrick Henry. They're going to run the ball. They don't need eight receivers on this team when you're going to be a dominant running team. They need to sign A.J. Brown. But my question to you is this. Isn't it more important for them, forget about a quarterback. You got Tannehill right now. Forget about a receiver. You got Woods back there. You got um, Ekine back there. And you got uh, A.J. Brown, who will be signed. Isn't it more important for them to go after an offensive lineman and solidify that line for Tannehill than it is any other position? Yeah, so that's – and I definitely understand what you're saying. In uh, Basically, I just wrote the final comment for for the mock draft for Draft Tech on Tennessee. I think if Traylon Burks falls, he's so good you got to take him. Understood. Uh, Or, say, Jamison Williams if he fell to him, which – I think is more unlikely, but I, anything's possible. If if a top tier receiver falls to you, you take him. If not, if you know Burks and Williams and all the other guys who are expected to be gone are gone, then yeah, I think Zion Johnson is uh, you know a likely pick for him. Interior offensive line, get another guard because they do need they need a guard. But yeah, the guard class is actually decently deep this what uh, as well. Um, yes. You know, the one thing, unfortunately, Tennessee doesn't have their second rounder, but still, even in the third rounder, interior offensive line isn't highly drafted. And so you've still got starting linemen in the third. But yeah, I just, in my opinion, I mean, obviously, you're going to feed Derrick Henry. You got Derrick Henry, you're going to give him the ball. It's, it's not All that right. complicated. <laughs> but yeah. what if? The Titans had an average passing game, just 16th in the league to keep other teams a little more honest. That's that's kind of where I was going for them. Sure. That makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Now, let me ask you this. Um, you mentioned Western Kentucky and the quarterback. Besides him, which is a person, any position that is we are not hearing about that you think could be the surprise of the draft? Oh, man. I got a list full, so let me try and – I'm sorry. I've just got to go through and, and pick no, out that's good. That's the fine. absolute best sleeper because, I mean, I love sleepers. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, let's do it this way. How about at the receiver position? Who's your sleeper? Uh, receiver. Let me see. Gosh, who did I – Um. Well, Jareth Stearns uh, is an interesting one who is, of course, out of Western Kentucky. <laughs> I can't just get away from those Western Ken- – I just watch so much Western Kentucky, I can't get away from him. But uh, <laughs> he's he's small, but he's a freak, you know, great athlete, great with the ball in his hands after the catch. I mean, likely sixth to seventh round pick that I think you could just plug into your slot receiver position. You know, why haven't we heard about running backs about this draft? You got Walker out there, a couple of good, solid backs. Um, Why are we not hearing much about running backs? It's just become a 
a devalued position in the NFL, I guess. And that, well, really the draft. I mean, I love, so Isaiah Spiller out of A&M. He's not exactly, he's not exactly a sleeper. I mean, if you paid attention, you should, should be aware of him. But I mean, he's like a third to fourth round projected pick. That guy, you know, he's a day one starter in the NFL. So I, I don't know. It, it seems like a great time to need a running back because you can yes. wait till round three and pick a starter. So, and you know it's going to be weird because there's going to be running backs in the second round, third round that are actually like you said, Spiller. I love that guy. What was he? Texas A and M, if I'm correct. Yep. Um, then you got this guy named Beast, I think, in there. Um, oh yeah, Pierce out of uh, Florida. Yep, and there's um, I love Kenneth Walker the third. I mean, you don't hear nothing about him. I know he had some inconsistency, but what a good back Kobe for somebody. Yeah, no, he he was one of the guys we wrote about too. Yeah, it's I mean, you don't even know if these, you know, Brees Hall probably go round one, late round one, maybe to Buffalo. Actually, if Buffalo doesn't take a back, maybe no backs go first round. I don't know, but you know, you've got maybe one running back in the first round, so You've got literally every other running back available. Out of this entire draft, I know um, KC and uh, Green Bay have a lot of picks in this draft. Um, who do you think, has, and Jacksonville has a lot, who could make the big – anybody can make an impact. We know that. But who do you think has the best chance of coming out of this draft way ahead of where they are right now? I mean, where they are right now, yeah, it's hard. You know, Green Bay is an obvious one because they just got rid of, right. you know, an all-pro receiver. And so I would hope that they could – well, I, I wouldn't personally hope. I'm I'm a Vikings fan. But you would think that they would come out a lot ahead. Um, you know, again, maybe unpopular opinion, or maybe it's just because I'm such a big fan of Trevor Lawrence. I don't think Jacksonville's nearly as far away as it seems. And uh, how about Minnesota? I'm an eternal optimist for Minnesota, but I'm used to being disappointed every year. But no, uh, Minnesota has a really good. They have a lot of talent. I think, in my opinion, it was pretty clear that Coach Zimmer just wasn't the right guy for the team, and that a new coach should help them a lot. I think they got to go corner at number 12. A lot of people have been throwing around receiver. I know it's probably a good value. You Maybe one receiver will be gone by the time they get, so you pretty much got a pick of your receivers. But, I mean, you got Thielen's getting older. I get the, the thought process, but you also have K.J. Osborne as your number three. He's in his second year, had six 700 yards last year. You took ISM out of uh, Iowa last year, who showed a lot of uh, potential when he got on the field. So they're actually, they're deeper than people think at receiver. So a solid cornerback, and uh, if they could get a center, man, seems impossible, but I'd love for him to take Linderbaum at 12, but I know that won't happen. But You never, oh, ever know, my friend. You never <laughs> know when this goes on. Okay, before I let you go, I know we started off with it. I just want to make sure you haven't changed your mind. With the number one pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars pick. Oh, who they will pick, right? Yep. Man, 
It's still going back and forth. I think so. Safe money is on Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, I think there's a decent chance they go with Walker, though. Yeah, they've been, it's, it's been back and forth when you look. Although I think they should take Thurbido, but that's just my. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's who I would pick. But yeah, the the likely everything I hear is Thibodeau's actually going to fall a bit. Uh, they're saying like six is probably as early as he's going to go, which you know, well, silly to me. But get somebody they're going to do very well with them. Well, yeah. listen, my friend. You know, we're running out of time. I apologize, but want to thank you very, very much for taking time out of your schedule to join us on Frankly Speaking Sports tonight. Yeah, and I'm sorry it was a uh, a moving interview, which uh, no, that's screwed, okay, my friend. screwed up the internet, but today got an unexpected curveball thrown in, and so today got crazy, but I definitely wanted to to make the show. Well, I appreciate you doing that, my friend. Stay safe and enjoy the draft. Thank you. You too. All righty, guys. That was Jonah Anderson from DraftDive.com. Well, folks, we are running out of time. I'll tell you what, a quick reminder before we let you go. Tune in tomorrow night, NFL Draft Eve, and boy, do we have an explosion for you as Zach McKinnell from the Blue Bloods will be joining us live. And also Jay Wilson. That's right. Jay Wilson, Director of Player Personnel, at Beyond Sports Network. On behalf of all of us here on Frankly Speaking Sports, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you again tomorrow night.